Hey, it's great to be back here. Thank you so much for letting us come back. And uh, we're going to have a fun day. We're going to talk about uh, things that happen in relationships which we don't really want to happen, but they do happen. Uh, so firstly, some of you have, um, we've met before, some of you haven't, so just a little bit about us. Uh, so we've been married 35 years, thank you. Uh, we have three children, uh, and, and they're sort of aged from about 32 to 28, and that's simply because Jenny and I were married as like 13 or 14 year olds. <laughs> so three, three sons, we have three daughters-in-law, and we have now six grandchildren. Um, unfortunately, the majority of those live overseas, but we get to try and see them from time to time. So that's a bit about us. So we now just coach people and uh, and talk to people about how to have incredible relationships instead of average relationships. And that's what we all want. We don't want to be mucking around. Hey, so um, the other thing about me, uh, in particular me, is I'm a confirmed petrol head. I just um, love the sound of a V8. And, uh, and five years ago, I got to fulfill a bucket list thing. Jenny and I went to the States, bought that car... It's a GT convertible Mustang, drove around the States, put it in a container, and brought it back to New Zealand. And I just love the sound of that thing. That, that, uh, as soon as I turn that engine on, I'm just thinking, oh, this is great. This is going to be a great day. I still have it. It's parked underneath my house, and uh, it consumes a lot of petrol. And so it just, it stays. <laughs> so a funny thing happened a, a few months ago. Um, when the council put a tax on the petrol and the government put another tax on the petrol, I thought, this is so frustrating. And it seems a little bit weird, and to some of the gentlemen here, maybe some of the ladies, this may cause a little bit of angst, but Jenny and I bought a Nissan Leaf. <laughs> it's an electric car. It's not, it's not a V8. Um, but we just thought we were so frustrated with the, uh, the amount of money we were going through with petrol. We thought, right, we'll go and buy a Nissan Leaf. Uh, electric cars are quite different to drive than petrol cars. And uh, so we'd had the thing for a couple of days and a few kilometres, and, and I said, Jenny, let's take this thing up to the Bay of Islands. We live in Auckland. Let's just go for a trip to the Bay of Islands. Uh, you know, you buy these things, and, and we, we didn't bother. I didn't bother reading the... Um, reading the, the it was all in Japanese anyway. <laughs> and so we just thought, right, sweet ass, we'll just charge the thing up, and away we go. And marriage is like that too, because you just... You sort of get into it, and you don't bother reading any books, you don't bother having any uh, any guidelines, and just away you go. Should be sweet as. This is going to be a cheap trip. We're going to just get up to the Bay of Islands. It's going to be sweet as. So we took off, and uh, halfway, I said, okay, the thing about owning these electric cars, it's like owning a V8 with a one-litre petrol tank. You don't get very far, and you've got to charge up again. So I had, theoretically, it said on the meter I can go 100 kilometres, and I'm thinking, no problem. It's only 70 kilometres to Walkworth where I can charge up again, no problem. Away we go. Halfway along the trip, so we're going through Silverdale and Riverdale up and down hills, and halfway along I'm looking at the battery meter, shooting down, it's thinking, this is not right. <laughs> and, and it tells me how many kilometres I'm going, and it, this is not good, this is going, this, it's plummeting. This is, this is not good at all. Three quarters of the way along, I'm thinking, we're not going to make it. The, the thing's down to like um, 30 kilometres and I've got 20 kilometres to get to and I'm thinking, we're not going to make it. I've been sold a lemon. I've been duped. The thing's a dud. It's meant to go this far. It didn't go that far. It's just, it, we got to walk with, with all the warning lights flashing, I'm thinking, <laughs> and, and pull into the charging station. I'm said to Jenny, 
We shouldn't go any further. This is wrong. Something's wrong with this car, and, and we should not go any further. And Jenny said, life's an adventure, babe. Let's keep on going. And I'm going, oh. So I got out of the car, started talking to the guy in front of me who was charging his car. And uh, you know, so long story short, we, we kept on going and kept on finding people along the way at the charging stations who'd say, oh, yes, I remember when we first had ours that you, you know, you, you get this, uh, this concern about getting this far and, and, and don't use the heater. And don't do 100 kilometres and don't drive in the rain and there's all these rules. <laughs> they go with these things that, that you just don't do because it uses power. So I get to Russell, uh, you know, and I think, well, okay, we'll charge the thing up again and I'll read the book now. <laughs> read the book and I've got all these facts in front of me of, of not doing 100 kilometres an hour and, and all this stuff. And uh, when we come back, we I get 100 kilometres and I'm going, Cool. The thing isn't a dud after all. Uh, so, so it turns out it's actually okay. It's just great for what we generally do, just sort of driving around town, and it's great for that. So marriage is a bit like that too, as, as I thought. Well, you know, um, some of us don't read the instruction book, and some of us don't actually bother getting hints about how to do this thing well, and you end up thinking, "I married a lemon." Or, <laughs> I've been duped into this marriage. And you think, oh, this is not, this is not working the way I thought it was meant to work. And you know, you just, you, you get married and it's going to be great. But it wasn't. And, uh, so we sometimes we end up, we end up thinking, well, this is not good at all. And, and unfortunately in New Zealand, a lot of people just never do read the book and never do get the hints and eventually just get rid of the car and think, flip, the thing's useless. Uh, and we do that in marriage. We're saying, ah, out. We're going to do something else. So let's have a talk about, uh, let's have a talk about conflict and how we can minimize these things and how we can do this thing well. The part that Cliff didn't tell you was it took us six hours to yeah, get normally, to, normally to Russell with charging instead of a three hour trip, but, uh, <laughs> six hours. It was more of a journey than a destination. It didn't cost much to get there though. <laughs> And life should be that, it should be a journey, not a destination too. It's fun, enjoy the journey along the way. Hi from me, while we just wait for the video, Shit, there it goes, yay, let's just watch this for a moment. Thank you. Where did you go? You said to run some errands. You still mad? No. Really? About which? Deceiving me or cheating on me? I can't believe you're not over this yet. Over what? I don't know. That's my point. Could you please tell me what it is that I did? You were just wrong. You were wrong all over the place. Just a general wrongness. Could you, could you be a little bit more specific? No, that covers it. You know, you're, you're, you're a very odd potato. You, you, you come in here and you just have, all you have is a blurry sense. You have a sense, a blurry sense that something is wrong. You can't, the only thing you will pinpoint is that it is all me. Yes. None of what's going on is, is you. Not today, no. no. <laughs> I don't, what do you want me to do? You want, you want me to call the bank? I'll stop the check. Would you want that? No, all I want you to do is admit that you were wrong. Uh, listen, it, it, you know, I may have been a few minutes too impulsive. No, 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 that's not it. I was, I, listen, I, it's not impossible that my judgment was impaired by the enthusiasm Can't that I... Can't you just say you were wrong? I'm saying, this is not the most right I've ever been. You are... <laughs> 
pathetic. Because all I'm asking is... Oh, forget it. Is there coffee? You know, I was going to make some, but then I, I thought I should really check with you first. <laughs> Relationships, eh? I hope we're going to have fun along to today. You know, all couples have conflict in their relationships. It's how we handle the conflict. Thank you very much. I can do that one, baby. Yeah. How we, how we handle the conflict, which makes it good or bad. It's fine to have conflict, but you can have really good connection and intimacy in the midst of conflict, or especially afterwards. Good makeup sex, eh? That's what they say. <laughs> It is so good to be back in your beautiful capital city of New Zealand. Well, it's uh, we were just remembering last time we were here, it was beautiful and sunny and uh, showed us a whole new side of Wellington, but we love being here. It's just awesome, and thank you guys for inviting us back. It's just brilliant. We just love it. I've got a true story. I just want a true account. I just want to read you here. Karen took a deep breath. She walked into the counsellor's office for the first time. The air seemed to be to stick in her throat. After she had settled into the chair, the counsellor smiled and asked her why she had come. Karen looked at her through tears and quietly said, I'm having an affair and I don't know how to stop. Karen braced herself for the judgment that was sure to follow such an admission. But the counsellor looked at her with compassion. I see, she said. Tell me more about it. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, I'm a Christian, Karen began, and I know that I'm doing wrong, but it feels like love. My husband is so mean to me, we're completely disconnected. He always finds something to criticize about me. We haven't had sex in years. I'm honestly not sure if he even likes me. I don't understand why this is happening. I just feel trapped. Isn't that sad? Karen feels totally disconnected and lost. And this is a Christian we're talking about. And it happens in churches, it happens outside of churches. But we are all designed for intimacy, connection. And um, that's where we want to look at today. We want to look at heart-to-heart connection and what that looks like. We're designed firstly to have that with God. And this connection like this, you know, it's not just a touch like this. It's a heart-to-heart connection. You know, Job says in the Bible, I was just reading this recently together, And I love the way he says, Job describes his relationship with God, and he said, when God's intimate friendship blessed my house, he was remembering God's intimate friendship. Do you have that intimate friendship, that connection, heart-to-heart friendship, relationship with God? And that's your first job, and I know that here in this church, it is preached and lived. Greg and Daniel just preach that to you, and I know you understand this, so I'm not, we're not going to go into all of that today, because, but we know that you have that understanding. Our second mar- second most important relationship is our marriages, our earthly marriages here, and that's given to us to teach the mystery of Christ and the bride. God gives us that to reflect his intimacy that we experience with him is reflected out first into our wives, then into our families, and then into the community. We love from that relationship first. And um, that connection with God is lived out then to that connection with our wife, which is lived out to our connection with our family, to the community. You get that? It's that whole connection. And I know that you do. So we just want to to um, just reinforce that today with you. 
we get this right, our relationship with God, then this will come right. Okay? So what we're teaching today, we don't want to take away from that. That is the original design of God's heart for marriage, is to reflect that. And so what we're going to give you today is practical tools, not to take away from that intimacy with God and that picture of marriage, that gospel message that marriage is designed to be, but to give you tools of, well, how how do we do that? How are we actually going to connect with our spouse in a better way, connect with our family, connect with other relationships. If you're married today, these to- aren't married today, these tools can go into you with other relationships. Okay, it's all about connection first with God, and then we live out of that and flow out. So that's where I want to start that picture. Now, why does this disconnection happen? So this is where this conflict happens. We have disconnection. We're designed for connection, but disconnection happens. And a lot of that we're going to talk about today. But, you know, I get we get so frustrated as we journey around churches and other places, but mainly even in churches, we see people don't have that revelation of what marriage is, that picture of what marriage is. And so they think that marriage is all about them and having their needs met. They just it's just all about them. And so this this whole um, we just get so frustrated because there should be no divorce if you really understood marriage. There should be no divorce in church particularly. You know, like this is where we really should understand it. And uh, we just want to, just really want to, just you know, just appeal to your hearts here, to God's heart, His design, and then we will move on and get on to that because that disconnection is that's where that conflict happens. So why, why does it happen? What happens when we break that connection? I was thinking about what happens when I break that connection with God when I get disconnected from God. I want you to think for a moment. What happens to you when you get disconnected from God? I start distancing myself from God. I feel like I'm, I can't hear him. I can't see him, see what he's doing in people's lives. I sort of get blinded, more blinded. I start getting consumed with my own life. Does anyone else get that? You start getting consumed. I start to lose the peace. I lose my peace and I just... I feel like I am, I've lost something. And I've got to stop, I've got to turn around, I've got to to go back to him, run back into his heart, into his arms and his heart and get that connection going again. And then I can see again, I can hear again, and I have that connection. Anyone else feel like that? You know what I'm talking about? When you get that disconnection, you've got to turn around. Well, this is what happens in relationships. And this is what we want to work on today, that disconnection, to stop that disconnection happening. If you can keep that connection, if you can keep that, you can get through anything. Okay, no matter what comes up, you will have, every marriage will have those times where you butt heads, you have get your buttons pushed, you have those expectations not met. But if your goal in marriage is to have connection, is if, if it's to to reflect Christ in your marriage, then you will get through it beautifully, and you will have a powerful marriage. You know, sometimes the hardest place, and I don't know if you agree with this, but as I look around, I think some of the hardest it's the hardest place to really reflect God is in our marriages sometimes, with the people that we're closest to, 
Would anyone agree with that? It's hard. You know, we can put on a bright face at church and we can come along, how's life, sing a few songs and worship and everything, and then go back. You know, we can put on a good mask at church, but at home, this is where the real stuff really, you know, you can't hide from anything. You can't put on a mask at home for very long. And um, it's really hard. The real you really comes out. And if there is baggage in there, in your heart, out of the heart comes the issues of life. This is where it comes out. And that's where God is just really wanting to deal with that. I know this is heavy. It's a heavy start. We're going to get into the funner stuff later. But I just want to, <laughs> I just want to really just challenge you with your heart issues and that connection. It's the hardest place. And we have these little things called emotions that get in the way. You know? You know what I'm talking about? Those emotions. Now, God's given us emotions. They're not our enemy. They're not bad things. But they're more indicators of what's going on inside us. They're not to be the navigators of your life. And so you can't, can't trust them, you know? Goodness me, Cliff and I wouldn't be married if I trusted my emotions. You know, sometimes I feel this and sometimes I feel that. And, but you know, they're indicators, but they're not navigators. So just be really careful with that. People love, some of us are recognizing this, people love with emotional love. This is what I really believe in the church too, that people are loving with an emotional love. I have people say, well, I, oh, I'll carry on. People love with that emotional love instead of God's unconditional love. And I have couples saying, well, it's impossible to do what you're saying. Well, yeah, in your own strength, but we're never designed to do that in our own strength, okay? We're, we're told to, to love is patient, love is kind, love is not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not proud. Yeah, it's impossible to do that in our own strength, but we can do it because God doesn't ask us to do anything that we are not, that he has, that he can't enable us to do in our marriages, but it's the hardest place to do it because you can't wear that mask and it's raw, Okay, this is where you're bumping head to head, your emotions are there, and um, yeah, this is why we've got to get that revelation, we've got to get that revelation, we've got to have authentic communication. Babe, where is, oh, here we are. So we want that true heart-to-heart intimacy, that true heart connection versus disconnection in our relationships with God and with people. Just very briefly, I think we went over this last time. I think that's skipped one. Oh no, it's okay. The goal of good connection is to understand each other. That's gotta be your goal when you're communicating with each other. For heart to heart connection, to be vulnerable, to have authenticity, to build intimacy, to be, to move towards each other. If your goal is connection, then you will get through it. Okay, to move towards each other. Now, authentic communications, levels of intimacy. Just very quickly, because we did cover this last time, but we feel that we just have to be, for those that weren't here, this is just so important with connection, because you have to have that understanding that you can be communicate and just touch. This isn't connection. Oh, that's the back coming off, but that's all right, I think. That is disconnection. <laughs> We're falling apart, everybody. <laughs> the difference between a 
I'm going to work from here. The cliche right up to the intimacy. I see I can use pointers, can't I? I've never used a pointer. Does it use pointed at it? Oh, look at this. Ooh. Can't use it though. <laughs> I'll leave that away. <laughs> okay, from cliches to intimacy is huge steps from facts to, to opinions and ideas. Now, what happens is that 80% of couples get really stuck when they have to start dealing with ideas, opinions, concerns, and expectations. That's where people get stuck and infected with relationship, relational germs. And they start withdrawal and escalating, belittling each other, blaming, and that's where the trouble happens. 80%, they say, of couples get stuck. So what they know, what they do is they end up just being really good roommates. Just operating in a, well, are you picking up the kids after school? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and they just coexisting. They're not as husband and wife. They're not as lovers. They're not living as God intended. And it's so easy if you break that, if you don't work towards that level of connection and intimacy, you will end up in a, in a loveless marriage. And just, just doing life together is you won't feel like you are known. The Bible says that it's about being to know and to be known. That's intimacy. That's connection. A counselor put together a list of things that cause disconnection and helped people to uh, and couples disconnect. This here is just about fighting, not fighting each other but learning to fight those relational germs instead of each other there. This is a list of common ways of avoiding intimacy that came up, which is quite good. I'm going to read it to you. I can't read over there. My eyes aren't good enough. So, reading novels. This is a list that that um, people came up with and said to the counsellors. Reading no- novels too much is just bringing disconnection. You know, it's a way that couples disconnect, you know, Distancing each other, that's the word, distancing, I can't even say that today. Reading novels, disappearing into the garage. Anyone disappear into the garage around here? Camping out on the phone or Facebook, is that a good disconnector or what? You know, you see couples in the cafe sitting there on their phones? It is so common. Worshipping the car, that's an interesting... Spending too much time with the kids. Happens a lot. Happens a lot. And and you feel disconnected. Volunteering for every committee. Keep busy. Don't have to connect. Just keep busy. Uh, Spending too much time on the boat. Spending too much time at her mum's. Avoiding eye contact. Interesting. Memorising every word of the paper. (laughs) So at the table, at the table with the paper before your eyes, I've got that vision, yeah. Computer gaming, that's a really big disconnector. That's yours. Who said that? <laughs> Let's pray for you. No. <laughs> spending time at the gym, spending hours at the gym, not a time, hours. Falling asleep on the couch. <laughs> Exposed. Being a sport junkie. 
Who's watching the rugby tonight? No one's admitting that one. <laughs> coming, coming home late for dinner. Having sex but not making love. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Doing crossword puzzles. They must like their crossword puzzles well. <laughs> Keeping separate bank accounts. Interesting, isn't it? Ways of disconnection. Not sharing. When we, when we see couples talk about his money and her money, we know there's trouble. It is definitely warning lights for us. Um, bulimia. Interesting. It's a noisy table, isn't it? <laughs> this is an interesting one. Jogging 10, oh, 10 miles a day. I was reading 10 minutes a day and I was thinking, what's the problem with that? 10 miles a day. Um, obviously that was to someone instead always saying that they didn't have time and so, but they would go and spend 10, jog 10 miles going to the pub instead of connecting, walking on the house Working on the house all the time, refusing to talk, avoiding each other, silent treat, treatment to neutral corners. Yeah, silent retreat, sorry. That's hard to read. Are they interesting? There's a, there was a list, they, they listed, made a list of, oh, it was massive, I just put a few down, but it's quite impressive, isn't it, of ways that we can. We're very good at avoiding each other, aren't we? We get very professional at this. And we, Want to work at again at connection. We've got a little example here that we want to, to show you how good we are at doing this. Got some props for you. Couples get so good. Now, as we're journeying along in our electric car or or the uh, Mustang, whichever we prefer, we come across some, some problems. And so we have a choice as a couple what we want to do. And let's look at ways as we, why is it, you know, the question, you know, is why is it so important that we deal with issues and not avoid them? Because we have disconnection. And this disconnection happens and we put a wall up. And what we're going to do is show you how a couple can so easily just put a wall up with things over time when we avoid our problems that we have and not deal with it. So, Cliff, you want to you wanna start, babe? You're always putting me down. I, I feel like you just don't respect me. I feel like I'm never good enough for you. Now, this causes me to, to disconnect from you. And you're starting to put up a wall. You know, I uh, I don't think I can forgive you for that. You know, I uh, I think you should pay. I just I just can't forgive you for what you've done. Um, no, I'm going to move that back. I um, I know that God says I should forgive, but that was just too painful. I just can't do it. I don't understand how you can possibly not understand me. There's always this sort of confusion. I say this and you say that and I just don't understand you. You're right, like you're on a different planet. <laughs> you know, this isn't what it's meant to be. I, when I uh, got married, I thought it would be different or, you know, like this isn't working out the way I thought. I thought that you would meet all my needs and that you would, um, <sighs> 
fulfill me. And uh, it's just, uh, I just not getting what I thought I was, getting un, yeah. The way you talk to me just makes me so angry. I just don't like the way that you disrespect me. And this world wall is getting higher and higher. Whoa. Ouch. That really hurt the way you said that. Um, I just think I just need to move away. I just don't want to deal with that at the moment. I just need to disconnect. Um, ouch, that really hurt the way you said that. You've done it again. You said you'd never do that again, and you've done it again. It's not a very strong design, is it? (laughs) I've been building Lego with my granddaughter, and it's much stronger than this, I tell you. I'm afraid to let him get too close. If he gets too close, maybe um, he'll hurt me. You know, my parents left me. Um, everyone I love hurts me or leaves me. I can't. I'm afraid. I don't want intimacy. I don't understand why looking at porn is such a big deal to you. I mean, all guys do it. I mean, what's wrong with looking at someone else? could tell you a few reasons. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. He'll never know. It's better he never knows. He wouldn't love me if he knew. <clears throat> I think I married the wrong person. We start believing those lies. And what happens is, I mean, there's many other things that you could, we just picked a few things that couples let come between them. And then it's very hard to communicate with Cliff with this wall between us. It's impossible. And unless we um, bring in God's God into this and we bring some perfect love drives out fear, the lies, we bring in some truth. We don't, and shame is taken away by love and truth. We've got to bring, we've got to get rid of these things. These can't stay in our marriage. You can't have connection with this wall. You've got to deal with this, this junk. And, um, you know, you could have other things like disagreement over money and children and you leave that there in your marriage. You may not even, de- you know, you just just keep your distance. They just have it so close, you know, just, you know, we don't need sex anyway. You know, once a year maybe, on his birthday, if he's lucky. <laughs> but, you know, we don't want that. We don't want that heart-to-heart connection, do we? But these things can happen very subtly, or they can happen very abruptly. I can choose to put something into my life that causes a disconnect, or some things just very subtly and slowly creep in. 
And then if you really start to analyze your relationship, you've started to be, get this disconnect going. You've got this wall between you, and, and you kind of keep your distance. I mean, these are just a few things that we picked out. You will have your own things that you know that these are areas that, whether it's money, children, fear, whatever it is, shame, whatever it is, these areas that you have to work on in your relationship that cause disconnect. And in your book, in the first page of your book, we're just going to a few moments, a wall of disconnection. And I'm going to leave it there for a moment. You've got to work out. And the things that we're going to tell you today will help you to deal with the rest of this of breaking down this wall. I'm going to leave it there just as ideas for now. I want you to think about what your areas are in your relationship that causes disconnection or can cause disconnection. Okay, we're just going to give you just, just on your own just to think about that just as we start our time together. Okay, if your goal in your marriage, a good question, is our goal disconnection or connection? Just uh, end with a young couple that came to us in one of our seminars that we were running in a very small community, there was only a few couples, and they came with the knowledge of, of us knowing, they said, I'll only come if there's none of that God stuff. In your seminar. So we thought, okay, we can do that. We'd rather you come, you know, as a small little community. And we said, okay. They um, went through the seminar and we got to talk, spend time with them at the end. And what was really beautiful about them is that um, we said, you know, where are you at now? And they said, we've been to many counsellors, but this is the first time that we felt peace. We all know who that is. And and this is the first time that we have turned towards each other. It was really profound. They said, now we feel like we have turned towards each other and we can move forward in our relationship. Their goal was now connection instead of they were ready to leave. It was their last chance. They were they were off, they were finished. And um that is the beautiful picture. When your goal is connection, there is hope. And the peace, we know who that was, that Jesus had turned up and was giving them his peace. And even though we didn't use it, we were able to pray with them. They let us pray with them. And they were from a church background, but they had turned from God. And it was really a beautiful ending, and we were so, so cliff. We want to, we want to break down this wall today. <clears throat> so we're going to talk a little bit today about those, those conflict things and how to avoid them. But there are certain things that we can do. You know, um, pornography is a major problem, and so uh, I don't know um, whether it's like smoking. It takes a while to get rid of. I don't know, uh, but I know that I can choose to honour my wife and I choose to to think, <laughs> get around the wall and go, "You are the hottest babe around." I'll get rid of that. <laughs> but it's all a matter of choice. You know, we we can do things in our life that uh, create these problems, and we can do things we can physically go, I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to love you today more than I did yesterday. Yeah. And deliberately smash down these things. Yeah, We're going I to make choices. You. I choose you, know? you babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I choose to forgive you. I choose to communicate and connect with you. I choose to honor and love. I'm just going to hand it over to Cliff. He's going to carry Click on. Away. Click away. Click away. So let's talk about... Um, Let's talk about disconnection. There's, there are things that happen 
that, that cause us to get a little bit grumpy with each other, things that happen that, uh, that cause problems in communication. We're going to talk about four foundational keys that'll minimize conflict. Okay, let's start. So the first thing we're going to look at is love languages. Possibly all of you know about this stuff. Celebrating each other's differences. Let's talk about love languages. Thank you. Right, so for those who are, who are unaware, it's important to know which each other's love language is. Physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts. If you're not sure what your spouse's love language is, or even your children, it's worth going and having a look at uh, lovelanguages.com and working that out. Is there anybody who's unaware of what their spouse's love language is? Brilliant. Sorted. Easy to forget, actually, and easy to not necessarily put into practice. Uh, for, for Jenny, it's it's pretty cool because her love language is touch, so I can just wander over here and go, awesome, babe, and she's feeling great. <laughs> you actually have to put these things into practice. Uh, because, you know, we might know the love language, but if we're not doing it, then it, you've kind of missed the point there. Love languages, right. Another thing that's important for us to know is personality types. Now, we find um, uh, the big word's too hard, so we just go with lion and otter and golden retriever and beaver. If you're not entirely sure what those things are, the lion personality, he's the dominant one, he's the powerful person, these, are, these can all be leaders, these personality types, this personality type is, hey, let's go there now. We're very visionary. I've got a lot of lion in me. And, uh, hey, this is where we're going. We're going here now. Come on, everybody. Away we go. And you can, you sort of drive the ship and you go this way. Uh, unfortunately, the downside of being a lion is you can tend to trample on people and just sort of discard people along the way. Next personality, the, the otter personality. They're the life and soul of the party. These guys just go, trust me, it'll be okay. And, and, you know, when I say that to Jenny, because I've got some otter in me too, she's just going, uh, yeah, nah. Uh, these guys are a lot of fun, and they bring a lot of fun into and a lot of energy into a relationship. Next one. The beaver personality. Beavers are very much like um, accountants, or maybe uh, for for some people, like like uh, they might like to have a shadow board in their garage where all the tools are individually set up on their own little shadows so you know exactly where everything is. The true, um, the true beaver loves making lists of things they have to do and if they've already done one, they feel even really good about writing it alongside and putting a tick beside it, even though it's already done. That's a true beaver. They just, they love lists. Great people to have around you for the lion because they're, they're great to have around because they're, they're the organiser. The lion says, let's go here now. The beaver says, how are we going to get there? We're going to have to raise some funds. We're going to do that. Oh, good, good, good. And do all that there. So great people to have around you. Golden retriever. These guys are, are loyal as, as the day is long. Tremendous people to have around there. Calm and cool, collected, but you need these people because they are the doers. Once you tell them and they understand the reason for why you want to go there, they'll get fully into it and they'll back you and they'll make that thing happen. Great people to have around you. Really important to know those characters in each other though. If, uh, you know, if I didn't understand that Jenny's, Jenny was, for example, a golden retriever and I'm a lion and I'm just blasting this way without bothering to tell her the reason why we're going there, she's feeling trampled on. So it's really important to understand 
that that's right. That Jenny does have that. I, I do need to tell her the reason for this thing and and sell her the story so that she will understand and she'll come with me. Very important to understand each other's character. There's another one uh, that was on TV recently by a guy called Nigel Latimer, the money personality. Again, we, we've we've got these different ideas on how to use money. There's the power spender. The power spender always chasing the latest buy but cringing when you get the bill? Or are you a security saver? Saving for the future is more important than spending now. They don't like spending money on themselves. Or maybe you're a, uh, a, a freedom seeker, living thriftily now while you save for your next adventure. Or sociable sharer, always um, keen to be with other people and it's your shout. So again, important to understand each other's personality and the way we spend money, because money can be a huge issue in relationships. So if we understand each other, then we can talk about it, and we can resolve any issues going on. Apart from individual or specific character issues that we have between us, there's these sort of generic ones for men and women, because we're different in the way we see things. So we're just going to have a wee, wee look at that. A study was taken and 20,000 married couples were asked what you needed for a healthy, happy marriage. So what we're going to do is we're going to put these, the top five issues that came up for what the 20,000 people said, this is the top five things that we need to have a great relationship in a great relationship. We're going to stick these things up here and then we're going to get you as a group, to decide one to five. Can you all see these? What I have over here is the um, woman's Top five needs done in in hot pink here, which come out more like a red colour. But we've uh, oh, Cliff's doing his very creatively, not li- not straight. Okay, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we know who's the more detailed one. <laughs> <laughs> very creative. Okay. We're going to get, though, women can probably guess what their top needs are. I don't think we did this with you last time, did we? Okay, good, 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 good. Men, we're going to have a go and see if you can, with me, help me put the ladies' needs. Or do you want to do that with men over here, honey? No, no, we can. Okay. Men, what do you reckon would be the ladies' top Need here. So we're trying to get them in, in order here. Well, let's, let's just go well, from the from top one. one to five. So I'll read them out in case you can't women see them. Women in general. In general. So we've got financial commitment, conversation, honesty and openness, affection, and family commitment. Okay, there's lots of many things that are important to women, but these came out mm. as the top five. Men. Just throw a few things there and we'll see what the general consensus is. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong because it's going to be different from you. There's no, you know, like, we're just having a guess. Conversation. Conversation? <laughs> Affection? Who, wait, how many? 
Why do you reckon, why do you reckon, let's get some whys, why do you reckon it's openness? Women don't say anything to them. Okay, so why do you think? So you think it's, it's, it's really is up there, but you think it's the top need? You think it's top? Okay. How many, there was quite a few that said out there, conversation. Okay. How many agree with Greg? Hands up, men, that's conversation. Oh, you're on your own. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Okay. What else I heard? I heard affection over here somewhere. How many think affection might be a, a really good one? We're a bit unsure more for that one. Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, honesty and openness. What do you reckon for honesty and openness? Okay. Family commitment? (laughs) Financial commitment. Okay, so we're getting down to three top ones. It's either affection, openness, and honesty and openness in conversation. What are we going to do, guys? I think conversation was gone. Okay, let's do... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you reckon affection, guys? Yeah. I, I think conversation should be communication. Yeah. Because that also covers honesty and openness. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very deep. Okay, very good. Okay. Very good. Very detailed. Thank you for correction. <laughs> So, what do we got? We've got affection. Did we go? Why do you think affection, guys? Sorry, that was. Woman love to feel loved. Want to feel loved? Okay, let's put that up there. What next, guys? Openness. Family? Okay. You all happy with that? That's pretty good. Ladies, what do you think? No. <laughs> Dissension in the room. Oh my goodness. Is conversation the top for you? <laughs> Yeah. And communication isn't just words. Yeah. Connection. Looks at me, how he touches me, how he. You know, it's all the non-verbal stuff. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Points there. Good stuff. Okay, okay, that's good ladies. Any other comments on that? I like that, thank you. That was good feedback. Any other thoughts? So you're saying that you think that this is sort of together up the top, affection's not so, or? Well, it kind of, it all, they all, those three kind of all go together. Yeah. They're very close, aren't they? Yeah. I should, we should define those a little bit more. That's good. This, this was an American survey, so I don't know, maybe American people use different words. I wonder if um, affection has different, um, you know, conjures up different things in different people's minds. 
What does affection mean to you? Well, it's not necessarily about physical touch. No, mm-hmm. no. And I think for some people, maybe it's about physical touch. Mm-hmm. No, it's feeling loved. So ever how we feel loved and known and, and yeah. valued. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Good, 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 good. Very good. Okay, okay, we'll have a look at the answers, what the ladies, and then you're going to have a go at doing your ones, because it is different for everybody, but this is the census and the average of that. Let's do the, bo- the boys. Okay, so ladies, we need you to organise one to five. What are the, the top five needs of men? What are the top, well let's just go with what you think is um, the bottom, number five. What's the least, and we could be talking five out of fifty here, let's just be right, okay? So what would be number five then? Don't tell them guys, will you? Don't tell them. A bit of comment over there, can I have a bit of comment from over there? Domestic support or, what was it? Um, yeah, that, like, like they're at the bottom there somewhere, are they? A few nods over there, right up, down they go. If you just keep your red things over that way, it would be much better. <laughs> if you put yours in a straight line, there would be room for all of us. Okay. Righto. Well, let's go for the top one then. What's, what's the top, what's the most important thing then, ladies, that, that men find in, in one to five? What's the, what's the top? We have a split. Okay. How shallow is that, you know? Those two probably go quite closely together. Okay, thoughts over here. It's good. Come on. No, it's good, good. Gives us thoughts. It's good. Okay. Right, this is going to the top. Why admiration first? Just your thoughts. <laughs> oh, he's got a good two. Sorry, just, um, <laughs> um, affirmation. Affirmation is something that men appreciate. It's told that they're on the right track and doing the right thing, they're with their love, they're cared for, they're, you know. Wouldn't we all? It so, sounds great, doesn't it? That's right. Got to put them yeah. in the right line. I mean, remember again that it is. You know, they're all important, right. and I agree totally with you. That's awesome. So, where's any more feedback? So, what about sex? Daniel, what about sex? <laughs> Where are we putting sex? Oh, well, over there, over there, ladies. Is this this is number two or three or no. down the bottom? <laughs> so, remember, this isn't your list, lady. This is the men's. You're thinking for the men, okay? <laughs> Right. Attractive spouse in there? Going there? Other way around? Okay. 
No sex tonight. All right. <laughs> All right. Men. Oh, oh, we're not finished. No, round the other way. Sex is number two. Sex tonight. Oh, honey, put them in a straight line. <laughs> okay, let's have a look at what uh, the 20,000 Americans think. Let's see what oh, no. the men think. Oh, okay, men. Right, okay, men, yeah. Oh, are we happy? Men, are we happy? No, not happy. Hey, sex was, um, I don't know, uh, are we happy over there? Come on, you men over the background. <laughs> what is it going to be? <laughs> They're just staying quiet. All right, are we happy there or, or there or somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, any more comment on on this? Any other? Sorry? No, no. You're. I'm sorry. Your husband has to speak. Right. <laughs> Boys, any more? You want to? You know? Anyone? This is the chance, guys. This is the chance to show the ladies really what what you want. Oh, down the back. Yep. Honest. Thank you. <laughs> We're talking about men in general here, okay? Yeah. So I think if you ask about okay. <laughs> Sex with Calvin. Thank you, brother. All right. That would be a word okay. And that trumps that, because I think if you're not respected... All right. Okay. Okay, right, we're, gonna, we're just going to oh, go... Oh, I see oh. another hand, a brave man. Right, go brave for man. it. I think having this word fulfillment in there is pretty important. Yes, yes, it is. Right. Isn't this great at promoting discussion? We normally do this on tables together, but um, which it really is really interesting to see, and it will be different for most people, but. Do you want us to hear the answers of the million people, whatever it was? No, it's 20,000 20, Americans, can't be wrong. Here we go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you may not agree, but this is it. Ladies okay, first. I'll do the woman. Affection, guys. Well done. Wow. Well done. Conversation they put next. And then honesty and openness, finances and family commitment. So hang on, let's get this right. 
Well done, men. Men do not normally get that right. Because, you know, as, I mean, seriously, in the sense that they often do think conversation, and it may be for your spouse, but I'll tell you why I really agree with the survey at the end, why it's mostly that, even though this is an average. Okay, Cliff, you give the answers for the... Okay, men? fortunately, men, sex is on the top. That's what 20,000 American men say. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, and, and, and we'll next, tell you actually... Why. We'll tell you why soon. Number two is actually recreational no. companionship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know women always say that. I know. I'll tell you. (laughs) That's an honest question. An honest question. There we go. Okay. So that was an interesting survey. um, uh, 20,000 couples and what they felt were the most, the the, the top five needs. To right. have it, yeah. And the reason is, even though you remember, this is top five, so they're all really important, okay, out of, you know, maybe 200. So I know because it's all about honour and it is, it's still really important. But the reason I agree that this is um, probably true in most relationships is because when you bring down sex, babe, can you bring it down to us, right? <laughs> And affection, different, but they both are the same thing. Both men feel loved and women feel loved. It's the way we're designed and created that both an expression of feeling loved. They're all important. Now, recreational companionship. Someone said, what is that? We actually have discovered that that's quite a big deal to men. Um, When you're dating and going around... uh, you tend to try to be in each other's lives. If, if Jenny was uh, a netball person, I'd be wanting to go there and, and watch her play netball. And if I'm into something, she tends to, you know, she didn't really like rugby a whole lot, but I didn't, so she sort of got involved in watching rugby with me. Uh, but we found that that actually is quite a big deal because as you go on in marriage, for some reason these things, she doesn't watch the rugby anymore or, or he doesn't, she doesn't go and do stuff with them anymore. It tends to kind of separate and we've found that men actually do kind of hanker for their wives to still be involved. They want them to be around. They thought so that they were marrying someone that they were going to spend their lives with, doing things together, having adventures with. And women, we just put it right down the list thinking, you know, I've got my man. You know, all these other things are important. But it's actually really up there for most men. It's really important. So, you know, get those hobbies so, going and connections and doing things together. I, we could probably we probably should explain this a little more. Attractive spouse to, uh, speaks for itself. Domestic support, um, that's for, uh, for a man to come home. It's, it's kind of uh, with if the, if the lady is at home looking after the family, man comes home, finds everything kind of in order. That's what's a meant by that A home to come home to, yeah, to for peace and yeah, tranquility. And Is yeah. that important to you guys, to come home and find that you're... Yeah, a space. So we're not, we're just using this as an example and we find it quite interesting because there is similarities between affection and sexual fulfillment. The recreational companionship we actually find actually is kind of a big deal. And women um, mostly always put that right down. It's quite interesting. Attractive spouse is a big deal too because again, you, again when we're dating we're trying to look our best for each other and then as time goes on, Okay, I've heard the term said, 
you're just wearing baggy things and sweats anymore, just like, you're not wearing the miniskirt anymore, babe. Yeah. So things sort of change in time. They do, we see And we all don't tend to try to look good for each other anymore. It, you know, it can happen. Now we're not saying this is, everybody is, you know, everybody's going to be like this. But what we want to do is give you a chance to put, to just talk together and go, what are your top needs? So on your sick and your fourth page of your book, My Top Emotional Needs, I want you to see if you can write down what you think yours are. Yours may be different. You may not agree with those, and that's okay. It's absolutely fine. We're just going to give you a few minutes just to write down what you think. It is important to understand each other and what you think are the most important things. It could be. That doesn't have to be these. It could be something else. Yes, ma'am. Okay. I think then, I think someone asked us that when, what was those taken? Is that middle-aged couples down? Is that, you know, cause as we get older and there is problems, absolutely, um, th- you know, sex becomes, sure. um, less of number one. And it is, or they, maybe they get it, maybe sometimes, you know, from a young, are you talking young or old? Normally that happens or old whatever. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it is tricky, isn't it? Then they're gonna have to find that connection and that love in other ways. I suppose, and talk, so, there has to be communicated. So that's not the average then, is it? So We'd have to assume this survey was taken of a, a generic, no, sort of a, a, an average bunch of people. So from old to young, and I guess they still found this came out on top. Now that, again, is, is only going to be specific to some people and other people, you know, it's going to just, you know, the older you get, it just, it changes. Things change. And that's why we Seasons. don't just, that's why we don't label this and say, this is, this is it for you guys. This is what you've got to do. Everybody has to make their own call on it. We just find it quite interesting. That's, cause sometimes we, we in marriage can go, well, um, you know, well, you're getting it once a month. That's enough, isn't it? You know, or whatever. So we've got to kind of look at these things and go, well, it's worth thinking about it rather than just disregarding it. Thank you for the question, though. I think that uh, just times change. And for Seasons, some people, yeah. it's never going to be up here. It's just going to, it's going to drop down. Just take a few minutes, and we'll... Um, you may want to share that with someone, share that with your spouse if they're there, or someone else if you want to, just while we're just giving you a, a few moments to do that. Okay, we're just going to uh, keep on moving to make sure we get through everything. <clears throat> Keys to keeping conflict to a minimum. Just on the second page there below the little wall, we've got the top four relationship secrets. The first one we talked about was celebrate each other's differences. We talked about love language, our unique character, money personality, and the top five emotional needs. Number two, putting your love on. Put your love on. Colossians 3, Paul talks about putting on love. This is a great thing to actually grasp rather than just thinking I love you or saying I love you 
but actually doing a little bit more than that and putting love on, like putting on a coat, being determined to be loving. Now, there's different kinds of love. There's, there's four or five different kinds of love. And if we just consider love as the romantic sort of thing, the eros love, that's not going to see us through. Because romantic love goes up and down. Sometimes we're feeling very, very amorous to each other. Sometimes we're not. So you can't rely on love in a relationship being just romantic love. We have to have all of these five different parts of love in us to, to get to a quality love that Paul talks about putting love on. So I might get up in the morning and I might feel just pretty blah. It may not feel very loving at all, but I have to learn to be determined to go, I'm going to love you today more than I did yesterday. It's an interesting little quote that maybe you will remember that. It's a heck of a hard thing to do. But if I'm going to be determined to have a quality relationship and to minimize the conflict between us, I'm going to choose to love you, no matter what's going on around me. And that's starting to get me somewhere near agape love, unconditional love, no matter what you do. I'm, 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 going to, I'm sticking around, no matter what you say to me, no matter how many things you throw at me. I'm sticking around. I'm not going anywhere. It was Jenny's birthday the other day, and uh, we happened to be in Kerry Kerry. It was Daffodil Day, and uh, there was a, a little band playing out on the street, um, playing some cool jazz music. And Jenny and I used to learn, as part of recreational companionship, Jenny and I used to learn dancing together. We, we got into salsa dancing. And so... Um, I'm not too sure how it started, but we heard this music. This is pretty cool, and so we just started dancing in the street together. It was, it was cool, you know, da, 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 and it was twirling her around. We had a great time, and, Je- and Jenny loves it. She's just got this big smile on her face, and you know, to me that was actually doing something for her that that honoured her because I know that she loves it. And we would, I just, I thought, well, these people in Kerry Kerry are never going to see me again, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're just dancing around and having a great time and, and, you know, people clapped us at the end and whatever. But, you know, to me it was like, well, I'm going to put my love on here. What am I going to do today to love her or in this particular instant? So that was, that was good fun. That was an example of what we can do. Let's click on. I wonder if it's going to go. Yep. Oh, I just want to read it first. Outdoing each other and showing honour. I'm really Mum passionate about it. Dad reckons Mum is the greatest cook on earth. What do you call that, girl? Sponge cake. Beautiful. And what's that stuff on top? Icing sugar. How is it, kids? Now, why would you want to go out to a restaurant when this keeps coming up night after night? <laughs> I have two brothers and a sister, all older than... What a great example of honour in a family relationship. It's a fun, fun uh, movie, The Castle. But that's a, just a quality... A little glimpse at how we can honour each other. You know, honour is just such a big deal. I'm, I would have talked about it last time I was with you. Honour is absolutely huge. If we could grasp honouring each other, we'd probably get rid of any other issue in, 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 our, in our relationship, in, in conflict and communication. If we're getting into conflict, if Jenny's going gets getting frustrated with me because of something I may have done, if I could just learn not to get frustrated back but to just go you know babe you're right you know you're more important to me than that thing and just bring honor into that 
then it resolves so much. Honor is just so, so important. If we could just grasp bringing honor into any situation where conflict is arising, then it just resolves it and dissolves that thing right away. Outdo each other in showing honor. Romans 12.10. What a quality verse to remember. Jenny's going to talk a bit about building intimacy. The number four. So number three was outdoing each other and showing honor. Number four, build intimacy. Okay, these keys are just so important, these top secrets that we call them. So we're going to look at building intimacy, that connection again. Our communi- we do mainly that with communication. We're going to do a basic listening, reflective listening exercise today and teach you that. But before we do, let's just look at core values. Now, you've got this in your book on the next page over. We're just going to work through this before we do our exercise. Let's look at that. Core values, number five, page five. And as we work through this, our first goal in conversation is to, in your book, understand one another. Understand is the missing there. My thoughts, feelings and needs are valuable and important and so are yours. So are yours in there. This is where we honour, showing honour there. I do not participate in disrespectful conversation. When my thoughts, feelings and needs are devalued in a conversation, I will stop the conversation, set a clear boundary. Until respect is restored, I will not participate and then you've got respect and feelings and needs in there we're talking about feelings and needs that's where we get that connection when we get to that level of intimacy when we're talking about feelings and needs and that's where couples got 80% of couples get stuck talking about feelings and needs so this is like a guide to yourself core values and guides for healthy communication The next one down, we need to communicate our true feelings and needs to establish trust and intimacy. Am I going too fast? Trust and intimacy. It's pretty hard to read it up there, isn't it? We need to communicate our true feelings with trust and intimacy. It is my job to tell you what is going on inside me. And it's your job to tell me what's going on inside of you. We do not have powers of telepathy, even though I would love that in men. Or the right to assume we know one another's motives, thoughts, feelings or needs. That When we assume things, we get into trouble. We really do. Don't assume. You've got to communicate best way to communicate, communicate is that next gap, the next way, the best way to communicate my feelings and needs to you is to use I messages. 
We're going to talk about that soon, what I messages are, and with clear, specific statements that show what I am feeling and experiencing. What I'm feeling, is that gap? And experiencing. I will not expect you to know my feelings and needs unless I have communicated them to you, communicated them to you. It's funny how we do expect people to understand those feelings and needs without communicating. I know in our early years of marriage, we definitely did that. I thought Cliff should be able to read my mind if he loved me. I will not make judgment statements or tell you how you must change in order to meet my needs. This is a really good point about you cannot change another person. You're responsible for you. You're not responsible for your partner or your spouse. I will not make judgment statements. You always do that. You never do that. Sound familiar? It's amazing, isn't it? You made me do that. When you communicate your needs to me, it is my job to listen. Listen is the gap there. Listen well so I can understand what you need how my life is affecting you, and here's the next gap, what I can do to meet your needs. This isn't a demand. This is because I love you and I want to connect, I want to know what those things are that I can do to meet your needs. So what I can do to meet your needs is that next gap there. I'm committed to protecting and nurturing our connection. Okay, our goal is to... is committed to protecting and nurturing our connection. I will do what I need to do in order to keep moving towards you, no matter what. The goal is to move towards you. It is my job to manage my heart, so it is my job as that last few gaps, it is my job to manage my heart so that I can respond. We don't not react, we're putting in respond to you in love. That's the putting on love, even when you don't want to. And cast out fear in our relationship. To cast out fear. We react when we are fearful. We react instead of responding in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. You got all that down? <coughs> Paul says in Second Timothy one seven, we are not given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. We are not powerless victims. We are not pow- victims. Have that mindset. It's they blame others. 
They say, he made me do it. She made me do it. You make me do that. They're always blaming and not taking responsibility in conflict. And it's very easy to say, you make me so angry the way you do that. That is not a powerful, we are made, God's given us a spirit of, not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. We can take ownership. We can have self-control. We can choose to respond instead of react. We can with God's grace and his ability and his anointing. We can do this. And we have worked with so many couples that we cannot help them really because they won't, they won't stop acting like children and behaving badly and using self-control and responding in love. They just react. And if you're not prepared to work at that connection of coming together, connected, working, working towards each other no matter what, it's just impossible to help. If you stay thinking that you're powerless, that you're a victim, and you're blaming others, there's no remote in your relationship. Just, you know, you're responsible for you. They're responsible for themselves. You've got to put on that love. Yeah. There's no remote. So we want to give you, I hope that those core values, you can realize that you know that we are to take responsibility. We're going to look at that more this afternoon. But what we want to give you now is a tool. We send you out to lunch with a tool that we're going to get you to practice. Okay? Because it's nearly lunchtime. Now this is a basic, number four key was that we need to build intimacy. You don't just get intimacy, you have to build it. You have to work on it. Like we have to have time with God, we've got to build that intimacy, spend time with him. Same in our relationships, you've got to build intimacy. We're not talking about sex here, we're talking about intimacy. Part of that is the physical side, but emotional intimacy and spiritual intimacy are all there as well. It's all a package here. Intimacy, heart-to-heart connection. So Cliff, can you please come? And we're going to teach you a listening skill. And I think this is in page, let me see, I just closed the book. Number six, page six. (laughs) That's after lunch. Sorry, that's coming after lunch is where I could fit it. This is our reflective listening using eye messages. You're going to say, I feel, and describe an emotion when this happens, and I need to feel this way. This is using eye messages that we just used and talked about in our core values and guidelines to healthy communication. So I'm going to say something to Cliff that I feel this when you do this, And what I'm needing to feel is this. And you're not putting blame. There's no blame. I'm just going to communicate feelings and needs and only feelings and needs. Okay? And then you guys are going to have a go with this. And Cliff's going to do the same to me as well. Okay. I thought of something I wanted to say. This is very real. (laughs) This has just come up. <laughs> He's got your no, support look, right. 
these these connection things, the things we're talking about here, and, and putting up walls and breaking down walls, these are realities that if we're gonna if we're gonna learn to minimise conflict and connect even more than we we are, then these are great little tools to do, and we do these things regularly because you know things happen, and we have to learn to to do this stuff. We have to do it the same as you guys. Okay, here we go. Okay, so close, I'm going to communicate this and Cliff is going to repeat it back to me so that he knows, not justify what he hears, he's just going to repeat it so that he, I know that he's heard me. Okay? And then we're going to do this later in a deeper way. I feel, Cliff, I feel very stressed when things are left to the last minute um, when we're about to fly on an aeroplane. <laughs> And what I need to feel... Short short phrases. We just, you know, I can only cope with so much at a time, so we're just going to do little short phrases so that I can remember what she's saying. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that you get stressed when I leave things to the last minute before something important happens like we're flying away. Yeah, and so what I'm needing from you is I'm needing to feel peaceful. Um, I need to feel peaceful. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is that you need to feel peaceful in those sort of occasions... Just so that so, so, so that I know that actually I didn't finish, so that I know that everything is done. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, I, so I what I'm hearing you say is that you need to feel peaceful and know that everything's organised and done. Yeah, love you okay. to understand that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. So this just happened. <laughs> uh, Obviously, flying down here. You know, to me, it's just like well, we just do this and do that, and it'll work out. But Jenny doesn't kind of work quite that way. Um, and so, you know, I'd left something to the last minute and it became a little bit stressful. Uh, and so we talk about these things and we go, and so now I'm, I'm thinking, okay, in the future, right, we need to actually have a bit more of some, these things written down and work it all out better. So, you know, we're constantly sort of re-evaluating and re-trying to work out, okay, how are we going to do this better in the future? So, yeah, jo- Cliff, we were just using as an example talking to you, but in that situation we don't justify. Sometimes we will come up with a plan like that, in this, but in this that sits, Example, we just want you to have a go at giving feelings and needs. Now, you had something for me too. Do you remember? Okay, so we're talking about feelings. Okay, Jenny, um, I feel that when you speak harshly to me, it just feels disrespectful to me. It feels it devalues me. What I'm hearing you say is when I speak harshly to you, you feel disrespected and devalued. And what I need is for you just to, just to respond in a nice manner. <laughs> And what you're needing from me is kindness and love. <laughs> and respond in a kind manner. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> okay, so there's your example. So we've got a few minutes, we've got about 10 minutes, and then we're going to pull you back in together for lunch. So we're going to, we want you to think about a situation. To try this out, just keep it. You yeah, know, you, you may you may just want to spread out a bit and, and come yeah. back together, um, and that's fine. There's a lot of these little face-to-face times where it might be more appropriate just to go up and and talk quietly now, with each other. If you're not with your husband, if you're not as a husband and wife, you can still pair up and do a situation about something. You know, that comes up. You could practice on using another example. Don't feel this is a basic communication that exercise that you will learn anywhere of learning how to be a powerful person to express your feelings and needs. Okay? It's a healthy way of communicating. So 
pair up if you don't find you can't find you can do it in groups of three if you need to if there's if it's awkward or whatever but don't feel alone put your hand up if you need help in this um, we'll call you back together in 10 minutes so go for it righty just while you're winding up there hey we've had a chance this morning to talk about connection we've had a chance to talk about disconnection We've talked about levels of intimacy, breaking down walls, celebrating each other's differences. We are different. What are we going to do with that? Putting your love on, honoring each other, and building intimacy. This is a few little quotes that we can choose. You know, this whole wall thing, I, I'm becoming more and more convinced that we, we can subtly or we can determinedly Build these walls between us. And if we, if we're wanting to have unconditional love, we've, we've got to just learn to get rid of these things. These things will happen and we've got to learn to get rid of them fast. We can all choose to put up walls or connect. I value you. I'm going to love you more today than I did yesterday. And this is, you know, a great saying from a, from a film. I choose us is uh, where we end up. Hey, we're really excited today to, to show you, to share with you something new we've been working on for the last six months. Um, uh, no one else has seen this, and we want you to be the first to know about it. We've decided to create a wellness program because we recognize that we all could do with some input all the time. It's like becoming a Christian and then never doing anything else. And marriage is sort of like that. We, you know, When Jenny and I got married, uh, the, the pastor that married us, uh, for our, our pre-marriage said, okay, have you read a sex book and have you, have you had an argument yet? And, and that was it. <laughs> well, that was, that's it. So good luck with that. It's like reading the, or not reading the manuscript and listen, leaf and heading off in the distance and hoping for the best. So we recognize it's really valuable to keep on inputting into people like yourselves. And so we've created this wellness program. It's called Smooch because we thought that's a little bit naughty. And, um, we just want to invite you to join this thing. Uh, you know, for the cost of half a cup of coffee a week, you can join up with us on smoochwellness.co.nz and uh, we will send you every week an inspirational thought to keep your love alive and to, to challenge you, to make you think about something you might not have thought about. And we're going to send you a date. We've discovered along the way that people, uh, the longer you get, the longer you're married for, kind of date less and less and it becomes, well, do you want to go to the movies? Or, you know, something pretty boring. And so we um, have decided, well, let's put together some cool dates. And so I have I have written down uh, key by key uh, on Tuesday, do this. On Wednesday, tell her that. And and, uh, and building a great date. So that every week I'm going to send you a date and we're going to send you an inspirational thought that's just going to help you build intimacy and help you just keep your love alive. But now... <laughs> Lunchtime. So let's come back at one o'clock and uh, hope you have some good discussion over lunchtime on the, on the things we've talked about. And we'll come back at one o'clock and we'll carry on. Thank you. Thank you. Go to Smooch Wellness. Yeah.